Welcome to the Small Blower Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who did not run a six-minute and 45-second mile in eighth grade, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? First of all, you have no clue what my mile was in eighth grade. Was it that grade. good? Okay. Well, why don't you ask me? Why don't you ask me? You know? Ask me if my mile was that good. Okay, was it? Okay, was it? No, it wasn't even close. But that's besides the fact, okay? You know, we don't need to debate about mile times in eighth grade. Uh, a, a guy who surely had a worse mile time than me. I mean, mine my, my was probably hitting the late eight minutes uh, was Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, Trevor, I don't know uh, where you got that six-minute, 45-second mile time <laughs> from, but whoever that dude is, I'm guessing they're pretty athletic because that sounds pretty impressive. That's a solid so, time. That is a solid time, Trevor. So, again, one of my favorite intros you've probably had uh, – of our 100 and whatever episodes that we've done. So, Trevor, you're stepping it up with the intros. I'm really enjoying them recently. Good job. Yeah, you know, I thought it was a very good time, um, you know, and, and, and if the listeners haven't caught on by by now, it's Ben who had that time. Uh, so, shout out to Ben. Uh, he's, he's faster than Brandon. If they had a race right hey, now. Ben, did you really have a six? You had a 645? Dude, this time. was like, this was back in, I was in football shape. I, I don't think I could do that anymore. I, maybe true. I could now, but it was, again, it's one of those things where like I could run that for a mile, but if I had to run even a mile in a quarter, there's no way I'd be able to keep that pace. I was about to throw up after that mile. But you'd beat Brandon I think in it, a mile, like right now. Well, well hold Brandon's, on, hold on. Brandon's not much it, of a distance runner. I think if, if he has to run more than like, you know, a 100 meter dash, I, I think he's probably throwing up. Yeah, yeah. See, here's the thing. If I had Kayla coach me up, my, my girlfriend Kayla, who's a great, she's she's fabulous at distance running. She could coach me, and I train for a month. I I can beat both of you easy, hundred percent. That is true, I man. Have full faith in it. She's a really good runner. So if, yeah, she could probably yeah, coach you up. She's you super could probably, solid. She could do a good job coaching you up for sure. But you know, we'll, we'll get past the, the 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 race between the small ballers here. Uh, maybe that'll happen one day. We'll have to see. But we have a great episode planned, as always. Very NBA-heavy, as we are in the middle of the summer. Um, well, kind of at the start of the summer, I guess. We're almost at the uh, like, you know, start of the summer in terms of the solstices. Um, but, you know, we got a lot of NBA news coming this week. To start off, we get to go over We have a nice little coaching carousel starting up. So, Trevor, we had a couple coaches either relieved of duties or, I guess, fired. Um, why don't you run through those coaches and what you think their potentials are moving forward? Yeah, so the most recent ones we have now seen are Scott Brooks, who was with the Wizards, obviously. Uh, the contract talks kind of fell apart there. Obviously, you know, the season that they hoped for with the Wizards, it didn't quite pan out to what they would have liked with Beal and Westbrook, 8 seed, losing in the first round in five games. Then you have Rick Carlisle, who um, really is just walking away from the Mavs. You know, um, he, it seems like he's going to look for other opportunities. Not exactly sure where he'll end up, but a very fabulous coach uh, with the Mavs. Obviously, he was the head coach when they won the title in 2011, a title that I usually don't like to talk about, but nevertheless, uh, Rick Carlisle, very good coach. Uh, this one was a little surprising to me, but uh, it, you know, it, it's clear that there are some uh, different things going on in the Mavs organization. Some some issues, obviously. You know, they got to get Lucas some help, so. We'll see where Rick Carlisle goes next. And then the final one was Stan Van Gunny with the Pelicans. Now, this one is the one that I saw coming. I knew that this one was going to happen because he did, uh, to just put it, you know, Frank, he did a horrible job with the Pelicans this year. And for me, at this stage um, with Stan Van Gunny, I just think he needs to go back to broadcasting. And that's not like a like a knock because I think he's actually a fantastic broadcaster. I think he was doing um, some of the stuff, uh, I think it was – like last year or two years ago, I forget when it was, before he got the job with the Pelicans, and he was really good 
as a broadcaster. So Stan Van Gundy, I think you got to go back to broadcasting. You're much better there, and um, I, I would like to see you, you know, broadcasting with his knowledge of the game. Uh, he's also just entertaining, you know, and he always has a lot of stories. So I would like to see that. But uh, just wanted to quickly go over some of those. Uh, you know, recent, um, not really firings, it's really just like coaches, you know, walking away, I guess, or or they're no longer with the team. Uh, but did, did either of you guys have any thoughts on any one of these coaches before we uh, get to trivia? You know what, Trevor, and I'll go ahead, I'll butt in here. Um, I have a question for you, Trevor, because again, you're the, you're the NBA expert here on this podcast. So of all the openings, in the NBA at the moment, and there seems like there's a there's a good handful of of, of you know head coaching vacancies in the NBA right now. In your opinion, Trevor, which one do you think is the most enticing? Which one, if you had the choice to take any of the openings in the NBA, which one do you think you would take above all? Yeah, so it's interesting because I think you could uh, answer that a couple of different ways. You could either just I could either just simply say, all right, this is the job where it's the best where the team will have the best chance of the, of winning a title and that job I think is the Dallas Mavericks because they have Luka Doncic who yes there's been a lot of talk about oh you know is there trouble in paradise like is he going to try to force his way out it's like Luka Doncic is about to sign the Supermax for 5 years there's no way he's declining it no player has ever declined uh, the you know the the max coming off of their rookie contract and Luka Doncic I think certainly will not be the first so I think Dallas has some time. I think if you get a new coach in there, they have some time. They have five, at least five more years of Luka Doncic. Unless, of course, I guess, I guess in theory he could, you know, try to force a trade. But assuming that doesn't happen, you have four, five years to try to build, you know, some of the right building blocks around Luka. Get a team that fits him. You know, another creator. Uh, you know, a solid, uh, you know, really good defensive big man. I think would be key for them. And um, I, I think that's the best option as far as um, the best, just most enticing overall. I, I still would probably lean toward Dallas because, again, you're you're always going to be in the mix. You're always going to be having a chance to win the title. And if you fall short, yes, that's where you can look at it and say, well, falling short with Luka Doncic, the blame's going to go on you more than likely, maybe not Luka, right? So that's the only downside to it. But I lean toward Dallas over like a Boston, which I think Boston's also pretty good, um, although there's definitely high expectations there as well. And um, as far as some of the other ones, it's just rough. Like Pelicans are in a small market. I, I would not want to go there. It's tough. And you have you have a superstar in Zion. There's expectations um, from like a like an analyst standpoint, I guess, but small market. So it's tough there. And then uh, what the other one? Wizards, kind of the same thing, I guess. So I, I would say the Mavericks would be uh, most enticing. Yeah, Trevor. And, and I'll give you, I'll just real quick, I'll give you my input and then I'll throw it back to Brandon. But honestly, I had the same thought process of you. Like my first thought when I asked you that was probably the Mavericks just because I would want to coach a 22-year-old Luka Doncic because, I mean, clearly he's the real deal and he's legit. Um, and then again, like Boston's one of those things where like you could have Brad Stevens as your boss, which would be pretty cool because again he's like a basketball prodigy over there. Um, and they have a good foundation. Again, they have Jalen Brown and they have um, uh, Jason Tatum. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like you know, coaching a twenty-year-old Zion Williamson would be cool. But again, the Pelicans have kind of been a disaster ever since they drafted him anyway. Um, so again, I agree with you. I think I would choose the Mavericks just for the sole purpose of you have an extremely young um, and an ex extremely good Luka Doncic as your player. So again, I just thought that was an interesting question. Um, I'm, I, I think you gave a really good answer, and I completely agree with you. You know, I'm I'm actually surprised you didn't say the Pelicans. I feel like the Pelicans is a good spot. You got David Griffin, uh, who's a fabulous GM. 
um, a really, really young squad uh, around the Pelicans with a lot of really talented players. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball. Um, I know Josh Hart might want out, but you know he's not a bad player. There's a lot of good players on the Pelicans, and I, I'm not saying it's necessarily more attractive than a Boston or a uh, Dallas, but I felt like you'd be a little bit higher on the Pelicans, Trevor. Yeah, I think the issue with the Pelicans is that when you have all that talent and you're under, you're you're basically, you know, not meeting expectations, That when it get, that's when it gets really tough. And the team also doesn't necessarily fit all that well together either, you know? It's like a lot of people have been questioning, can Ingram and Zion even, like, fit together? And then they have, like... Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams. It's 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 not the greatest fit. It's kind of just like a lot of talent kind of thrown together. So I, I guess for that reason, I it wouldn't be that attractive uh, to me if I was you know a high profile coach, which I certainly am not. Yeah, I just I feel like it it, it can work. Like they got pieces, they might be able to move around um, where they can get a team that flows a little better. I don't know. I I think maybe I'd choose the Pelicans. Um, but a- anything else, Trevor, you want to mention in terms of the coaching carousel before we move out of small talk today? No, I think that's it. Obviously, we're going to have a lot uh, with the playoffs, so uh, that- that's about it. Of course. Um, so we're actually going to skip randomly ranked today. I know that's actually not the next segment, but just wanted to put that out there. Um, but we will go to small talk trivia to end small talk. This is where the three of us ask each other a question, and we- there's a certain amount of points we can get potentially – more than one. If you steal a question, you get half a point. What is the scoreboard right now, Trevor? So the current scoreboard, uh, Ben is leading with two and a half points. Uh, Brandon in second place with one and a half points. And I only have a half point. Yikes. Well, you know, Trevor, I, if anyone can come back, it'll be you. Um, I don't know if history has like told us if you come back a lot or not. What has history told us about you know, like the the trivia. <laughs> Dude, just let it go, Brandon. It's okay, over. Okay, yeah, We're okay. done with that. We're on to a new scoreboard. Don't worry about it, Trevor. I guess you're right. I guess I'm you're still right. Team Trevor I, I, all the I way. just I didn't remember. I didn't. It's remember. all right. You, you can hang on to okay. your one draft. You can hang on to your trivia <laughs> win. You know. Um. So here's what I got for today. I have our list. Uh, first up, it's completely random. Uh, first up, Trevor, you will be asking me a question today. I'm going to be asking Ben my question, and Ben, you are going to be asking Trevor. So, Trevor, you up first with your question for me. All right. So, um, I, I was trying to find a good NFL question. Um, you know, and I was on Football Reference, another wonderful site. I just love, you know, basketball reference, football reference. They're all good. You know, there's, like, the college football reference. College basketball has, like, a reference. It's all, it's all mm-hmm. awesome. So, I found my question here, and my question is pretty simple. It is... Uh, who is the player um, who has the most non-offensive touchdowns in a single season? In the uh, is it the NFL? Yes, in the NFL. So in the NFL, which player has the most non-offensive touchdowns in a single uh, season? And this is just regular season, so a single regular season. Ooh, okay, there's a couple players that come to mind. Um, the, the returners are the ones that first come to mind. Devin Hester, Josh Cribbs are, are probably one and two. I feel like, potentially, it's one of those two guys. But if we if we weren't to go to defensive guys, which I don't necessarily think it is, Ed Reed, Deion Sanders are both good options. Um, I, I feel like it's got to be Hester or Cribbs, though. There was a couple seasons both of them had a good amount of touchdowns. I mean, Devin Hester is obviously the GOAT at returning. So I'm inclined... To think Devin Hester. Probably shouldn't be saying all this because Ben could steal. 
Uh, ben probably had no idea about this question. He would have just guessed a defensive player. Um, but now, I, you know, I'm so... I, I just feel like I'm going to be right here. I, I, I feel like I got it between the two good guesses. And if I'm wrong, then Ben gets half a point. Um, but I, I, I guess I'll go with Devin Hester. I'll keep it nice and quick. Devin Hester will be my final answer. All right. So, uh, Devin Hester is the correct answer. This is, you know... Oh, this let's is an go. ode to uh, my one of my best friends, good friends, Devin, who is a Bears fan. Coincidence, Devin and Devin Hester. But yeah, he lo- he's a huge Devin Hester. Devin. He always raves about him, always when we were younger. So uh, shout out to you. Uh, Devin, Hens- Devin Hester is the correct answer. And by the way, he actually has, uh, he has six offensive touchdowns in two separate seasons. So six is the most. Oh, and wow. he did it back-to-back years, 2006 and 2007. That's very impressive. Uh, ben, would you have guessed? What, what would your guess have been? Yeah, Brennan, your thought process for how I would have guessed that is ex- exactly right. Because honestly, I wasn't even thinking of uh, of returners. So my first guess would have probably would have been Ed Reed. So the fact that you then said Devin Hester and Josh Cribbs, I was like, sweet. You guess one, you get it wrong. I'll just guess the other one. Because I honestly, well, would have, so- I would have never thought of them if you didn't say that. I, for whatever reason, I just wouldn't have thought of, of kick returners as, as an option what's, there. What's interesting is... I would have first, like, the first thing that came to my head was Ed Reed, but the reason yeah. it was Ed Reed is because he also returned. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, Hester and, and uh, Cribs are probably what this is question's referencing. So, hey, I'll take my point on the board. Okay, Trevor, I have an interesting question for you today. It's, 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 it might be a little bit confusing, so just I can re-ask it or do whatever it needs to isn't be done. Isn't it for Or excuse for me, not Trevor, Ben. But for Ben, sorry. All right, let's hear um, it. I, I was... I think both of you guys can get this question, so I either one, so, you know, think before you talk. How many current, or, yeah, okay, we'll do it this way. How many current NBA players have won uh, an NBA Finals MVP award? So I'll ask you again. How many current NBA players have won a Finals MVP award? And, for double points, if you can name all of the ones... There, but it's all or nothing. Like you gotta, you gotta get them all. All right. So how many for, sec- for the second point? Yes. Okay. Wait, but if so, how many players that are currently still yeah. playing have an NBA Finals MVP on their resume? Yes. Yes. Okay. So just to clarify, and then you can guess what the players are, and if you get that right, you get that point. But if you don't get all of them right, you just don't get that point. So the points are exclusive. Yeah. Okay. How are we doing this? So with, with stealing, how are how are we doing this? <laughs> so essentially, Ben is gonna guess a number and then okay. guess some players. Yeah. If he gets if he gets the number right, it's not going to you, Trevor. It's not okay, going to you okay, at all. Okay. So so okay. If okay. So if if he gets the number or if he gets the number wrong, you'll stop him there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. So Ben, you're you're just thinking about a number for now. Yes. Okay. So right off the bat, I have four. My I have four. I have four names that I could think of right off the bat. Okay. Um, and honestly, I'm pretty confident about, I'm, I know those four are it, but I'm saying, um, I'm pretty confident that those are the only four. And again, I'm, I'm going back to, I don't want to help Trevor out at all, but in my head, I'm going back to a certain time. I can think of cha- NBA champions all the way back to, you know, at least 10, probably more than like 15 years ago. Um, and even if I go back like 15 years ago, I would highly doubt that those players are still playing. Um, most of those players in that game are probably still playing. So again, I have four. And I just want to, again, I want to confirm that I'm not missing anybody. I got one, two, three, four. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty confident in my answer. Again, I feel like I might be taking, I might be, you know, under simple or oversimplifying this. 
Um, but I'm pretty confident in my answer. So, Brandon, my final answer is go- my final answer. Excuse me, is going to be four. Four is the correct answer. I All believe right, Trevor also knew this. Yeah. Yes, I feel like he he probably would have. So, can you name the four for an extra point? I can't. Okay, so we got obviously LeBron James. Yep. We have Steph Curry. Okay. We have. You didn't say yet. Yeah. Can you confirm that that's correct? I'm not confirming anything. You you have to guess four people. Oh shoot! Now you're making me rethink this, bro. Is it Andre Iguodala? Is he still playing? He is still playing. All right, so I changed that. Not Steph Curry. Andre Iguodala. And then we have Kevin Durant, and we have Kawhi Leonard. So okay, so let me let me confirm because I changed my answer mid sentence. Okay, so we're gonna go okay. LeBron James, Andre Iguodala, um, Kawhi Leonard, and Kevin Durant. Those are my four. Uh, f- those final are my answer? final. Those are my final <laughs> answers. Yes. Ben O'Brien, you've been given two points for today. Good for uh, change yeah. up. Brandon, you, you scared me there, dude. I ste- I thought Steph Curry in 2015, but you made me think about it, and I, I, I didn't change my answer to Andre Iguodala <laughs> in 2015. Oh, sorry that, if, I, oh, if I, I – I guess perhaps I helped you. So, you know, sorry to Trevor and myself. Maybe. but, uh, but I'll, I, I, I wasn't I like – I wasn't saying yep in terms uh, of – I gotcha. You know, it was correct. That was, uh, Although, I, obviously, LeBron James was correct. I gotcha. <laughs> I, I feel like it was it was a somewhat of a subconscious change of heart there. I, I was fairly confident both of you guys would get it. As soon as I heard that question, my mouth started watering, and I was just hoping Ben would miss it. <sighs> I know, dude, Trevor. Yeah. I feel bad, man, because that's definitely one. I feel like I'm pretty good at remembering champions in the past, but definitely, Trevor, you're really good at that. I feel like you would have got that easy. Yeah, yeah definitely definitely a good question for Trevor. All right, Trevor, it's your turn to, uh, to ask no, Ben. No, it's my or, turn to ask Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, you're struggling, man. It's late. It's past your bedtime. You're struggling, man. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I should say to everyone listening right now, we're recording this on a different Friday day. Um, recording this on Friday night instead of our normal Sunday morning. So it is a little bit late. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're, we're getting it done. We're getting yeah. the pod. We're getting the content out. So yeah, go me, ahead, Ben. Let me tell you, Brandon, it's showing because you're struggling right now. All right, Trevor. <laughs> My question for you. I was going to ask a different question, but Trevor, I want to give you a question that I I feel like you can get right. So I want to. Oh, this is I feel like is a fairly easy question. I like that start. It could be difficult, but I do feel like I don't want to jinx anything. But I do feel like I have confidence that you can get this right. And I will say, if you get this wrong, I'm pretty confident Brandon will be able to steal this. I think he'll know the answer. So, Trevor, my question to you is: In American horse racing, there is something called the Triple Crown. What three races make up the Triple Crown title in horse racing? Oh my gosh. T- Trevor, I thought you'd know the this, The Triple man. Crown, okay. The Triple Crown. What are the three horse races that make up the Triple Crown? Okay, what three races? Hey, hey Trevor, to put, just to put a little pressure on you, the only reason I know this is because of you, Ben, so I okay. do know all three. All right. all right, the three races in the Triple Crown in horse racing. All right, I'm about to, like, write them. Uh, let me see. I have... Bro, I know. Trevor, you can get one, I hope. I definitely know one. I, I just wrote one right. down. Um... Let me see. What are the other two? Okay, so that one is one for sure. Wait, is it? See, now I'm thinking. Like, is there like? Are there different divisions of horse racing? Is are come there, on, like, give me my give me my half there, point. I want are my there, half like, point. Different levels. Or I think Trevor's about to take like fifteen minutes. Hold on, on hold on. I think I think that's one, right? I think the. Oh no! <laughs> I think I think that's. I don't think he's getting it, Ben. Hold on, I think that's another one. And then if if those two are correct, what would be the third? Um, oh, man. Dang, I need to pay more attention to horse racing, I guess. Um, Trevor, dude, I really thought you'd be able, you'd get this one right. On, what is, so I got, I think I have two. But what is the third? I, I'm waiting for it to just like come to my mind and it's, it's not 
going to on the spot. I well, think. the the metaphorical clock is ticking. Yeah. Bro, Trevor, I could give you a hint right now, and it has nothing to do with horse racing. But if I said it, I feel like you'd be able to get one of these races. Okay, no hints. Oh, dude, it's a good a it's a good hint, but all right. Don't care. Okay. Um. Oh, what is it called? What is it called? <laughs> You know, if if our questions were asked in a different order, we probably would have all gotten our questions right. Except me getting the one maybe? I'm asked, right? Perhaps, perhaps. We'll see. Maybe you get it. Oh, I can't think of a third. I can't think of the third one. Um. All right, Trevor. Let's do like 15, 20 seconds. All right, all right. Brandon's getting antsy over here. He wants his half okay. point. I want my point. I want to get a point and a half today. Let me max out. Uh, I I can't I can't think of it. Um, the so the first one I knew for sure is that I I I'm well I don't want to say for sure it could be wrong. Uh, the the Preakness was my first. That was the first one that came to my mind. Um, okay. The second the second one was the Kentucky Derby. Okay. And the third one, I'm trying to milk it. <laughs> The third one is... All right, give a, give a final guess. The third... Oh, my gosh. What is it? The third one... I, I don't have an answer. I can't... It, it's not coming to me right now. All right, Trevor. I don't, I don't know. Your time's up. I'm going to... Brandon, I know you know it, but Trevor, I want to give you this hint, okay? Brandon Wait, knows Mon, it. I have a good hint. I have a better hint. Dude, I have a really good hint for this one. I have a good hint, too. <sighs> Go ahead. Right. Give your hint. All right, Trevor. My hint for this last one. The name Dylan Windler. That, that was my hint. That was my hint. <laughs> Dylan Windler, Trevor. Dylan Windler. What do you think of when you hear the name Dylan Windler? The Belmont. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Belmont Stakes. Right. All right. Oh I, I would assume, Brandon, I, I'm, I'm taking your word that you knew that. All right. So yeah, I'll, Kentucky we'll Derby, Preakness, Stakes, and Belmont. Okay, at least, at Trevor, least I'm sorry, man. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Trevor. Anything. I really thought you'd know that. I didn't want to ask that because I knew if you didn't know it, I, I was basically giving Brandon half a point, and I hate doing that, but I really thought you'd be Woo! giving I'm sorry. I apologize. I guess that wasn't that easy. I really thought it was uh, not that Dang, difficult It's question. crazy how, how many little plays, you know, a steal here, a block here can change a game in basketball, <laughs> and also how quickly a little random number generator can change how the things are. Because I could have had two points if I had that NBA question. Now I have zero, so, you know. I'm sorry, yeah, Trevor. You, I'm sorry. You could have gotten you. If this was in a different order, we all would have gotten our questions right today. You're probably right, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on uh, to NBA because we got a ton to talk about in terms of NBA. A lot of series going on. Um, first up, Trevor, Suns have advanced, which I'm actually quite happy about. They're probably the only team I'm rooting for at this point. Um, I love Chris Paul, and I'm sure we'll get into Chris Paul in a little bit. Um, but you know, they the Suns finally advanced. I don't know where exactly you want to start yeah. on the Suns, but I'll let you take this away. Yeah, definitely. So the Suns, obviously, last time we recorded this, I think, is when they were up 3-0, and then they were having that game four. They did sweep the Nuggets. They won the series in four games. Um, just really a dominant mm-hmm. just a dominant series for the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, you know they had a lot more depth than the Denver, Denver Nuggets did. Obviously, losing Jamal Murray, big hit. Again, like we talked about before, would have loved to see the series with Jamal Murray. However, we didn't get that. Um, hopefully, he'll be back and better than ever next year because he, he was incredible in the bubble last year. But uh, for Phoenix, you know, this is after watching, um, especially game four, and just seeing further evidence 
of Chris Paul's health really seeming to come back to 100%. I mean, seemingly. Um, and, and I like knock on wood as I say that. I almost want to, yeah, I almost want to go knock on wood because, you know, injuries have been very bad in this playoffs. But Chris Paul looked 100% healthy. He had 37 points and seven assists in game four, which those types of numbers, I mean, Chris Paul, I mean, even like Houston, I don't think he was putting up those types of numbers. Like, I don't think he's put up these types of numbers since he was playing with the Clippers, to be honest with you. I can't think of a playoff series where Chris Paul was playing quite as well as he did uh, against the Nuggets. I mean, he averaged about 26 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, His efficiency numbers just out of this world, uh, about 63% from the field and 75% from three. He only only shot eight threes in the whole series and made six of them. So just an incredibly efficient and just magnificent performance from Chris Paul in all four of those games. And I just love to see it because out of probably any one of these older guys, I mean, I, I guess you could say Carmelo Anthony too, but Chris Paul, maybe more than anyone um, that's kind of left, it's one of these you know older guys. I really want to see him get a championship. He doesn't have one, um, and he's he's an all-time great. You know, He's one of these, to me, top 30, top 35 players. So I really want to see it. And I think this series um, that he just played – is really just another, you know, great thing for his legacy. You know, this longevity that Chris Paul has had. He's now, I think, uh, I think he's 36 now, uh, about the same age, yes, same age as LeBron, pretty much. So, you know, you look at some of these guys that have just been able to been, you know, be so consistent, so great for so long. LeBron obviously is the 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 first person you think of when you think longevity. Chris Paul might be the second. I mean, at least in this sport. If you go to another sport, then Tom Brady's the other guy, but. In this sport, Chris Paul is one of those guys, and it's just great to see him having a lot of success. And at the moment, I, you know, I, I I try to refrain from saying this, but at the moment, I think Phoenix is playing the best out of any team in the NBA. So it's great to see, and it's going to be interesting to see who they get in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, Chris Paul is a guy that I just absolutely love. He he wants to win more than everyone else on the court. And it really, really shows. A couple years ago when he was on Houston, uh, he wasn't having as good of a year. He decided to go vegan. He completely changed his whole mm-hmm. diet. And um, that's one of the reasons why he's he's done as well as he as he has. And he's really bounced back at the later portion of his career um, to be playing just so exceptionally well. And it's at the point where he's a really fun player to watch. Um, especially with all the young guys around him that have you know probably a little bit more energy than he does. You know, I, I love the fact that he's not the biggest guy. You know, I'm not the biggest guy out there. Um, oh, we and, know. Okay, thank you, Ben. And he, he's just a, a very, very enjoyable player. And I, I really want – this is why I want the Suns to kind of win because I, I just – I I kind of like Chris Paul. And, I, I, you know, the Suns beat the Lakers, so you know, might as well root for them at this so point. So what I took – Ben, any, any thoughts? I was, I was going to say, what I took from that is that you are now going to become a vegan. Is that correct? Definitely not. That's not in the cards for me. Uh, however, it, it does seem like it might be a good option for some people. Uh, not for me. Not for me. There's 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 things that you can't eat when you're vegan that I I could not live without. Um, but uh, Ben, what what are your thoughts on vegan? You you want to go vegan? Man, you know, vegan's one of those things where like I've seen people do it and it seems really cool. And I've even told some of my friends like I would love to try it for like a short amount of time. But I know if we're being honest, I think I could go maybe a day and then I'd be like, it's just not for me, man. It's not for me. Like, I get it. You got all these athletes that go vegan and stuff like that, and that's cool, and I'd love to try it. But if we're being honest, I just don't think I could do it, man. I don't think I could do it. 
Yes, it's definitely not for me either. But um, our our next, you know, I guess I guess our first series we got to talk about um, is the Jazz Clippers. Clippers right now up three to two on the Jazz. Um, I I don't know. I've read reports Donovan Mitchell might be coming back potentially. Trevor, some of your thoughts in the series and, and what does Donovan Mitchell mean? Even not a fully healthy Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz. Yeah. So this has just been this series, man. It's kind of been all over the place. It's been. Uh, kind of you know unfortunate for me because I'm you know I've become such a big Donovan Mitchell fan obviously he's gotten the Dwayne Wade comparisons now Dwayne Wade is a part owner um and he's been so good when he when he was 100% healthy before he started to uh you know tweak that ankle and then he he heard it I think for the first time in that in that last series and you see uh, a little worried about Donovan Mitchell and then it happened kind of again against the Clippers and then this last game five which was a very shocking uh, result. You know, he, he didn't have his best game. I think he only had 21 points, and it seemed a little more clear. Like, Donovan Mitchell is not 100%. Um, you know, and that's unfortunate. I, I would like to see the Jazz win the series, but uh, now they're down 3-2. And, and the flip side of that is that game five, um, which, by the way, I, I, I just can't, like, it, it's such an understatement to say that I was surprised by the Clippers winning that game. I mean, when you lose Kawhi Leonard, which... Huge hit. Kawhi Leonard is undoubtedly at least a top five player in this NBA, if not top three. He's incredible. Um, he was insane against the Mavericks. But to lose a guy like that, my assumption, and I, I told, like, I have, a, I have a, one of the guys at work who also really enjoys the NBA like myself. We, well, we always, like, talk about, you know, the playoffs, what's going on. And I told him on whatever day that was, I think that was two days ago now on Wednesday, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Kawhi's out for game five. Uh, I think Jazz are going to win by, like, 20 points. And maybe I was over-exaggerating a little bit, but I kind of was like, I kind of thought that. I was like, Jazz aren't going to have that hard of a time. I mean, you're relying on Paul George to do a lot, um, you know, and you're relying on guys like Reggie Jackson. And um, Paul George was incredible. He had 37 points, 16 rebounds. Um, and all the Paul George doubters out there, everyone's saying – uh, pandemic P, you know, he's not that good. He's inconsistent. You know, Paul George has a lot of doubters out there. You know, he is just proving them all wrong. I mean, he's been very good in the series in particular, the last three games. And like, I, I think I might've mentioned this last week because after Paul George had like his first really good game, it's like if Paul George is playing like this, like, I mean, I think they can win the title. Now, without Kawhi, I don't think it's possible that they can win the title, but they can at least win this series now that they're up 3-2. So, game six in here, it's going to be very interesting. It just started, actually, but I'm very interested to see how it goes. I hope the Jazz force a game seven. And, you know, also, I should mention, Mike Conley is now back, so we got to really keep an eye on Mike Conley, see how how he looks in this game. Um and I think, again, if they're fully healthy, I believe the Jazz can win two games in a row. I think they can win tonight, and I think they can win on Sunday. But that's a big if because Mitchell, you know, the, the ankle hasn't been that great. And Conley, this is his first game back. So it, it, it really hinges on a big if there. Yeah, I, I'll say this. I, I'm not rooting for the Clippers, okay? Not at all. Um, if the Lakers aren't in it, I don't want to see the Clippers in it. Uh, you know, somehow I've wrote myself into being a Lakers fan because of LeBron. So now I have this minor hatred towards the Clippers. But also, I just don't see the. I don't think the Clippers are that great. Yeah, I mean, is that cr- that crazy to think, Trevor? Um, 
I mean, they're they're a really talented team. I think that has consistently underseated expectations because they are yeah. sometimes inconsistent and don't make shots. I would say. If if the Jazz were fully healthy, what would this series have went to? You think? Um, if the Jazz were fully healthy, I think that they'd probably be closing it out tonight. Or yeah, they'd probably be closing it out tonight. I would say. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I, I mean, I agree. Probably would have went. I'm probably not five. Probably six games. I mean, the Clippers are talented. So I just don't think that they play that well together at all. Uh, ben, any any other thoughts on the Clippers and Jazz before we move on? Yeah, I mean, like Trevor said, I mean, I mean um, Kawhi Leonard gets hurt. He's out game five. I think a lot of people, especially if you would have said he's out for game five and six, like he ultimately is, I think a lot of people would have written the Clippers off. Um, and we did the same thing in the first in the first round against the Mavs. We kind of wrote the Clippers off a little bit. They get down 2-0. They have two road games they got to face, and they win them both, obviously, and they win the series. Um, but again, the Clippers, like you said, Brandon, they have talent, and it's just a lot of times they haven't shown. They've been inconsistent. Um, but I have been impressed with with how they've handled a lot of adversity because they've been through a lot of adversity in, in this round and a half, I guess, almost two full rounds that they've played in the playoffs. Um, and I, I am happy for Paul George. I mean, good for him. Like, he drops 37 in a game that they pretty much needed him to do anything, um, anything, you know, above average compared to what he's been doing uh, to win that game. And like like like, uh, like Trevor said, he drops 37. He plays really well. He goes 12 of 22 from the field, uh, 3 of 9 from 3. So obviously, I mean, they needed him, and he and he came up when when this team needed him. So obviously, I'm not like a, I'm not a Clippers fan by any means. I'm not a Paul George fan by any means. But I, it was cool to see that. Of course, I mean, they always like to see a player put his team on his back when they really need it. And I'm sure uh, we will be talking about that when we talk about the Nets here shortly um, with Kevin Durant. But again, I don't like the Clippers. But it was cool to see Paul George. You know, kind of that old Paul George that we saw, vintage Paul George, I guess you could say. Uh, in that game five, I'm very intrigued to see if he can back it up in game six. It's, it's one thing to drop 37 in game five, um, but now he's got to do it in game six on the road. So we'll see if, if he can back it up because I think the Clippers are going to need uh, another stellar performance from not from not just Paul George but everyone without Kawhi Leonard uh, to be able to to beat a, a good Utah Jazz team on their home floor. So I'm definitely intrigued to see how this uh, how this series finishes up. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if, if the Clippers can possibly close it out tonight. You know, who knows by the time you guys listen to this, maybe the series is over. But let's move to the Eastern Conference. We got 76ers and Hawks, which just finished up recently. Um, it is now tied 3-3. to 76ers did take this past game, 104-99. Uh, Trevor, your, your exiting thoughts from this this game, we, well, I guess we didn't really watch it, but th- this game you know, from the stat yeah. sheet. Yeah, so... You know, this series has been uh, very interesting. It has surprised me in a lot of different ways because at first you have the Hawks, they steal game one. It's like, oh, man, Trey Young was insane. You know, they got all these guys contributing, Gallinari, Kevin Herter, you got Bogdanovich, obviously John Collins, Clint Capella. They just have so many uh, different weapons, um, especially like, you know, some of those first guys I mentioned, really good three-point shooters. Um, So a lot of weapons. And then you look at Philly, and you're saying, yes, they're this really good defensive team, and you would think that they'd be able to counter a lot of these things, and they didn't do that in game one. Um, now, they were able to adjust. They were able to kind of flip the series a little bit. But then, in game four, with Philly up 2-1, game four in Atlanta, it's like, this could be it for Atlanta. Like, if Philly goes up 3-1, uh, you know, with a game five back in Philly, that's probably it. But Atlanta, they, they kind of flipped the script, um... This was a game where Philly actually had a pretty big lead, and then Atlanta comes back, 
uh, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, a kind of a blown performance in Game 4. And then in Game 5, they blew it even worse. I mean, Philly had the Game 1. I think they had a 26-point lead at one point in Game 5 over the Atlanta. I actually, I was watching the game. I actually turned it off at a certain point, and then I turned it back on because I was like, I was making my lunch for the next morning. Uh, so I turned it off mid-third quarter. You know, they had a 20-plus point lead. Turn it back on. It's like four minutes left. It's a six-point game. And, you know, the Hawks end up going on to win that. Uh, Philly blows it. And a couple of the different things that we are seeing with why Philly is playing so badly, which is very interesting. Number one, Embiid's health, which he's still putting up incredible numbers. But if you separate it by half— um, he's incredible in the first half, second half, not so much, you know, he's very inefficient in the second half. It's definitely not the same numbers that allows the Hawks to get back into the game. Um, and Trey Young, even if he's not shooting quite as well, which he's had some bad shooting nights, you know, he's facilitating, he's distributing the ball. He had 18 points the other night, or I mean, 18 assists the other night. So he's doing it in a number of ways. And the other thing is, is Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons has not been good. We know the free throw shooting. He's shooting about 31% from the free throw line as of at least before this past game. Um, and just offensively, he, he doesn't want to shoot, you know, so that really hurts your team. Um, and you're relying on guys like Seth Curry, who can be very good. But then, you know, when you have Seth Curry out there, now the Hawks are hunting him on defense because Seth Curry's not the best defensive player. So it's very interesting for Philly. You know, they, they kind of struggle in half-court offense late in the game. And really, a lot of their possessions are run through Joel Embiid, and they become a little one-dimensional. So when they become a little one-dimensional, though the Hawks aren't the best defensive team, because they're predictable, it's it's easier to know, like, okay, Embiid has the ball. You know, we, we kind of have seen this playbook before. We have a better chance of stopping it. So... That's what has worked so well for the Hawks, you know, some of those things. And then, like I said, Trey Young has exceeded all expectations of mine. He's been incredible. I mean, I think that Trey Young might exit this season as a top 15 player in the NBA, which if you told me that before the playoffs, I would have said you're crazy. But he's incredible. I know the defensive limitations are there, but the way he can score, uh, you know, shoot, distribute the ball, um, you know, uh, he gets a lot of Steph Curry comparisons. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily Steph. I look at it. I've also heard Steve Nash. I think it's like a hybrid. I think it's like a combination of Steve Nash and Steph Curry. And obviously, he's very young. It's very early to reach you know that type of caliber of player because those are two Hall of Famers. You know, amazing players. Obviously, Steph will be a Hall of Famer. But uh, he's been incredible. So those are my thoughts um, on this series. And as far as looking forward to Game Seven uh, back in Philly, it's going to be very fun. Um, and I, 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 my instinct is to lean toward Philly just because I know overall they have the more talent. I think, I still think they have more talent. Yes. Embiid's health is a little bit of a question, but push comes to shove. I think I do still trust Philly more. Um, even when they give, they've given me a lot of reason not to trust them. So, uh, I don't know. What, what are you guys thinking? What are you thinking, Brandon? You know, it, it, it's tough because I think the Hawks have played well. Um, but I, I agree with everything you said at the end there. you got to go with the 76ers here. They're at home. They have the, the talent advantage. Um, honestly, they have the star power advantage. So it, it's going to be hard for me to bet against them. Um, but honestly, there's not a lot more to say there, Ben. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I have a couple things to add. Real quick, 
uh, last podcast, I said that obviously I, I had more faith in, in the Sixers because I said that Trey Young would have to drop like 40 points a night uh, to even to be in that game, or in, even in, in this series. Uh, and he dropped like 39 in game in game five, and then he dropped like 34 in game six. So he's doing his part. And again, like Trevor said, I mean, Trey Young's amazing. We know this. Here's what I want to say. I'm looking at the box score from game five of this series. Again, the Hawks, the Hawks win 109-106. They come back from like 20-something down or whatever. Trevor already said it. Okay? But this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in terms of a box score in an NBA game. Every single starter for the Atlanta Hawks in that game, all five of them, were minus in the plus-minus. Trey Young was minus six. Okay? Um, Bogdanovich was minus 10. Okay, a lot of people, they were all minus in the plus minus. The other five bench players that got into the game for the, the, the uh, Atlanta Hawks in this game, four of the five of them are all positive. And I'm, we're not mm-hmm. talking like plus one or plus two. Lou Williams was plus 31 yeah. in the plus minus for this game. Okay, so the Hawks, and basically what this means to simplify it, is that the Hawks were better when these bench warmers, not bench warmers, these role players were on the court compared to when the five starters for the Hawks were on the court. I think that is so crazy. And honestly, shout out to Lou Williams. The dude's like 80 years old. All right. And he was plus 31 in the plus minus. Good for him. I'm picking the Hawks in this series. And the only reason I am picking that is because Trey Young's going to drop 40 in game seven. And Hacka Simmons is going to be full effect. And the, the Hawks are going to win this series. I have full faith in them. I'd rather see them in the conference finals than the Sixers. That's my analysis. I love it. I love, I love that you pointed out the plus minus. Because, you know, and that that signaled because a lot of those minutes, the the reason why is because the game was essentially over and they put out the second unit and then that's when they made their comeback with the second unit. So it's it's just incredible. I love you're going with the Hawks. Again, I think it it can go either way because, again, you're you're trusting Embiid's health, which is very hard to trust. So um, I guess that's what I'm doing, but it's not it's not a lot of confidence in it. Yeah, you know, we'll have to see how this series pans out. But let's move to our last series. we got Game 7 tomorrow, I believe, correct? Yes. Uh, between the, the Nets and Bucks, And this has been an interesting one. Fully healthy, we would obviously believe the Nets are, are a good amount better than the Bucks. However, you know, the Bucks have some good players. Trevor, what do you think about this series, and who's going to win? Oh, man. So another just wild series. I mean, I, I guess I'll start with uh, Game 5. Um, you know, the series was tied 2-2. You're going to back to Brooklyn, and we're expecting that Kevin Durant is going to have to do everything himself. You know, no Kyrie, no Harden. It's going to be him and Joe Harris and Blake Griffin and, I don't know, Mike James and, you know, whoever else, right? And, and Kevin Durant comes out. James Harden does end up playing, but he's very limited. Um, it's unclear if James Harden hurt hurt or helped the Nets I, I really don't know to be honest it's hard for me to say whether they have won or lost the game without him I don't know to be honest but his efficiency was very bad um yes he had some like assists and it seemed like maybe his presence was helping um he had a couple steals I think but uh this game was really about the performance from Kevin Durant um an all-time great with one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life he had 49 points uh, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. It's the best performance I've ever seen since LeBron James's Game 1 performance against the Warriors when he had 51 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and just an incredible performance, which is really known for, you know, the J.R. Smith blunder, um, you know, and obviously the George Hill missed free throw, which people don't really talk about that, but uh, the George Hill missed free throw is pretty big too. But anyway, uh, obviously Kevin Durant was insane, seemed like he was making everything, and this just... Well, first of all, this told me that Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. 
And I know Brandon probably would want to give pushback and say, no, it's still LeBron because next season, you know, maybe you think he can come back and he can reclaim that again, which maybe he can, even at age 37. It's definitely possible. But I think it's Durant. I think Durant is the best player in the NBA. And then um, second, we look at game six, we go back, um, and Milwaukee does come back. They play very well, and they do get a win. And now we're looking at game seven. Um with a, I don't even know what percentage of Harden, Harden is at because he did look better in Game Six, but it's still not going to be anywhere near you know the hundred percent Harden we know. So my instinct as far as predicting this Game Seven is going to come back to who do I trust? You know when the game is on the line in the last couple minutes, who are the players? What what is the team I trust the most? And that's the Brooklyn Nets because Kevin Durant. We know that he can hit big shots down the stretch. He obviously can make free throws. James Harden can make free throws if he's, you know, needed to. Giannis, he can't make free throws if he's needed to. You know, obviously a lot has been made about his free throw routine. Uh, he's been shooting a very bad percentage, similar to Ben Simmons. So that's been tough as well. And also with Giannis, he also lacks like some post moves. That's become clear, and that's kind of always been the case. But it's really became evident to me that Giannis needs to go into the gym this summer, win, win or lose, whatever happens, and he needs to work on his post moves. He needs to go to like the Hakeem Olajuwon school that you know we had LeBron at the one summer, and he needs to really learn some of these post moves because Giannis's offense essentially is just like, I'm going to charge through the lane, use my long strides, and just like draw a foul or, or dunk over you or get a layup. And usually it works because... You know, it's people, a lot of people are scared to step in front of him. But, you know, in these late-game situations when you need need a bucket, uh, you know, you might need Giannis occasionally. And then also, Middleton has been much better at home than away. Brooklyn's at home in Game 7, so uh, that's why I'm going with Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I it's hard to go against Brooklyn, but I'm going to do it. I, Harden's not 100%. Um, Kyrie's not going to be playing. Um, and I mean Durant's gonna be Durant. He's gonna be amazing. But if the Bucks can have a dominant game like they just had, and, and somehow defend well against KD and the Nets, I think they're gonna win. And you know what? I'm picking them to win. I'm picking them to win this game seven away. It's gonna be a tough game, but that's that's what I think. Ben, any final thoughts? Uh, and then we're gonna wrap up the pod for today. Yeah, man. I mean, Trevor did a great job explaining it. Shout out Kevin Durant. Really, just an amazing performance. I mean, his stat line when you look at it is absolutely ridiculous. 17 rebounds, 10 assists. Obviously, it's 49 points. This is a tough series, man. And again, it, it goes back to, like Trevor said, fully healthy. I think this is 90, 90%, not 90, 90% of people would be picking the Nets to win this series. Um, but things, I mean, obviously, like we've seen in this NBA season and these playoffs have been wild. And I think if, if anything, it's taught us that you really can't assume anything's going to happen because um, it's been absolutely crazy. And again, I, I want to lean towards Brooklyn. I do. Um, and obviously having Kevin Durant and the performance he just had, it was phenomenal. And if he's, if you're going to get that Kevin Durant again, I would never count it, you know, against him, but I don't know, man, it's just tough. And I think it comes down to, I mean, Kevin Durant drops 49 is one of his best games ever, maybe his best game ever. And they still only win the game by six points. So it's one of those things where like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I want to pick the Nets to win this game seven, but honestly, I don't know if they can. And you know what? I'm going to, and I'm not even going to say it's because of Kevin Durant. I'm going to pick the Nets to win this series and win game seven because I really do think, and I'm so happy I can say this because I haven't been able to say this in a long time, but I do think that home 
court advantage is going to be so valuable for the Nets because mm-hmm. in game mm-hmm. five, and obviously it helps when Kevin Durant's dropping 50, but that place was going wild. And it was so cool to see. And I really do think that 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 place, um, Barkley Center, game seven, is going to be is going to be popping. I'm so excited to see that. I do think that'll be the difference in the game. I'll pick the Nets to win the series uh, and win, win Game Seven. Well, it'll be interesting next uh, next week when when the Nets aren't in it anymore. Um, but <laughs> we'll see, then, man. We'll, we'll have to wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. We really really appreciate it. Of course, subscribe, leave a comment. Um, and of course, tweet at us uh, at the small ball. The link is in the description. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast or anything else. Um, you know, we'll probably mention on the episode if you if you you know give us a little reply or tweet at us. Uh, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.